0: From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am.
1: Hello, this is Ellie. I'm in Darwin. I'm walking into the ski club. I'm going to walk straight to the bar. As
0: governments across the country begin to loosen economic and social restrictions, one jurisdiction is a step ahead.
1: How does your first tap beer taste? Absolutely beautiful. It is cool, refreshing. Just...
0: You didn't know how much you missed it until here we are. Last Friday, the Northern Territory reopened pubs and restaurants and other states have followed. Many locals were able to work and socialise for the first time in two months.
1: So I started working back today. So all the COVID period of lockdown, I haven't worked at all. So it's very exciting and, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I have to say, I was actually pretty reluctant to coming out
0: tonight because I was a little bit nervous about how it would be to see all the crowds and how it would be, to, you know, only have two hours in the pub. But as soon as I walked into Monty's, I was like, "Hell yeah!" Political leaders are relying on these reopenings to boost the economy. But will the recovery be as fast as they hope? Oh, I think we are in many ways a lighthouse, so we are we are potentially showing the way to a lot of others. There is no successful exit plan so far in the world for how to come out of
1: lockdown. I think.
0: Today, 7am producer El Marsh on opening up after the shutdown. Well, tell me about the Daily Waters pub.
1: So the Daily Waters is this pretty famous pub in the Northern Territory, six hours south of Darwin, and it's just off the highway and it's basically a tin shed filled with memorabilia from all the travellers who have passed through. And last week I spoke to the owner, Tim Carter.
0: My name's Tim Carter and I'm at the Daily Waters Hotel, Daily Waters pub, 600 kilometres from Darwin. We're about 300 kilometres from Catherine, but you're in the scrub, simple as that.
1: It's usually really popular and there's heaps of tourists that come through every night.
0: We've normally got, you know, two hundred, two hundred and fifty people here every night. Um we do a beef and barrel, which is very popular out in the beer garden, which is, you know, a typical old um, old bush pub. I mean, okay, so when COVID nineteen hit, the Northern Territory was one of the first places to start restricting travel. What happened?
1: Yeah, that's right. The Territory acted swiftly and went into lockdown. The unprecedented measures take effect from Tuesday and is expected to be in place for six months. Anyone coming into the Northern Territory from interstate or overseas will be forced to self-isolate for two weeks.
0: I've seen what's happening overseas. I've seen what's happening down south. And I'm not going to let that happen here.
1: And the effect was immediate for people like Tim.
0: Darling itself, there's probably about seven people or eight people at the
1: moment. The pub, it normally operates with about 30 staff, but they had to let everyone go. So it's been a tough few months. But the good news is that the restrictions and this swift lockdown was actually working. Since the beginning of the outbreak, there have been a total of 30 confirmed cases to date and there's no community transmission. And there's no deaths. Joining me now is the Northern Territory's Chief Minister, Michael Gunner. Good morning to you, Chief Minister. G'day from the safest place in the country. Yeah, (laughs) I know. We're all very jealous. I tell you what, though... All of this meant that the Northern Territory became one of the first places in the country to start talking about lifting restrictions. A couple of weeks ago, the Chief Minister, Michael Gunner, he stood in front of a bunch of crates of beer and asked everyone to go and support their local pub when they opened on May 15th. The beers are here and the jobs
0: are back. There is a a keg convoy rolling up the Stuart Highway, 175,000 litres of the good stuff. So a meal and a palmy, a beer and a palmy, that's the order.
1: So when I spoke to Tim, he had quite a few concerns about the practicalities of reopening. He was also worried about whether people would actually show up.
0: The big unknown is you just don't know how many people are going to travel. Once we open the club. The doors are open, whether it's one person or 20 people, right? So we're just going to be open as normal and um, we'll be ready for it. Can you tell me more about the
1: concerns that business owners had about the practicalities of reopening? So to reopen, businesses need to have a health and safety plan in place to make sure that customers adhere to social distancing measures. For example, people have to be seated 1.5 metres apart. And this means businesses are limited in the amount of people they can let through the door. Because of this, quite a few businesses decided against reopening or have remained partially shut. They crunched the numbers and realised they wouldn't even break even. On top of that, there have been a number of businesses that have had to close their doors for good during lockdown. But we won't quite see the full amount of permanent closures and the full extent of that long-term damage until all the restrictions have been lifted. Right. And
0: other states and territories are also starting to to open now too. And are they facing similar problems, things like not being sure if it's financially viable to open in a restricted way?
1: Yeah. So in New South Wales, you are now able to eat in restaurants and cafes and pubs but you're only allowed 10 people at a time. So for many businesses, that's just not a viable option to have only 10 people at once. It is a very good Friday for New South Wales. After 53 days of lockdown, we're finally allowed back into the spaces and places that fill our lives. And Victoria is also opening up at the end of the month. Businesses across Victoria are preparing to reopen their doors after the Premier gave the green light to further ease coronavirus restrictions. Pubs, cafes, and restaurants will emerge from shutdown on June 1. So while a lot of businesses are reopening, many are still likely to be grappling with the same kind of issues that have arisen in the Northern Territory. And despite being allowed to reopen, many are worried about the financial risks that come with this. I guess it's also important to note that we aren't just talking about the hospitality industry. It's one of the most visible industries that's reopening at the moment, but other small and large businesses are facing their own challenges as the lockdowns lift. Retail and fitness and a lot of other secondary industries like the agricultural sector. Obviously, this is about getting the economy and people's livelihoods back on track. But what we're starting to see in places like the Northern Territory is that coming out of lockdown is turning out to be you know, a lot more complex than how we actually went into it.
0: We'll be back in a moment. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. As a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter, bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. L, the hope here is that reopening pubs and restaurants will help the country's economy pick up again. Tell me about the federal government's projections for that recovery.
1: So, as the country comes out of lockdown, Prime Minister Scott Morrison has acknowledged the danger of new cases that come with this, but he also emphasised the need to reopen the economy.
0: There will be risks, there will be challenges, there will be outbreaks, there will be more cases, there will be setbacks. But uh, we've got to get out from under the doona uh, at some time, and if not now, then when?
1: And Treasurer Josh Frydenberg told Parliament last Tuesday that with restrictions lifted, there'll be a huge boost to the economy. Treasury estimates that with the restrictions lifted under the three separate stages, 850,000
0: people will be back at work.
1: He said Treasury estimated that GDP will increase by $9.4 billion each month as we ease restrictions through stages one, two and three.
0: Right, and so based on what we know about how businesses are
1: actually handling this reopening phase, are those estimates realistic? Well, as we're seeing with the hospitality industry um, reopening in the Northern Territory and New South Wales, it's it's a slow process and businesses are still operating on a reduced capacity. They haven't brought back all of their staff. They're not serving the same amount that they normally would, so it's not returning to normal. I spoke with Danielle Wood from the Grattan Institute and her analysis was that Josh Frydenberg and the government's projections for the economy are too optimistic So we focused a lot on that sort of three-stage recovery plan and had some pretty bullish estimates, for example, about how um, strongly employment would bounce back. Um, She particularly pointed um, out that with the hospitality industry, there's a a number of big challenges. You know, operating with these new measures means a significant reduced capacity. Um, You know, you're talking about 5% profit margins for cafes and bars, Mm. less than that for restaurants. Um, So a lot of them will not be at the point where they are revenue positive. It's not just about business owners making a profit with reduced capacity and so much uncertainty about whether people will even come back through the doors. A lot of workers in the sector are still struggling to find employment or return to work, even as the government is projecting these huge optimistic numbers of jobs going back.
0: Mm -hmm. And talk to me about the concerns that workers have about going back into these workplaces in these kinds of environments even if they do start to get shifts again.
1: Yeah, so one of the risks during this period is that workers feel the pressure to return to work for financial reasons and issues like health and safety might not get prioritized. The Cedar Meats abattoir which is the site of a major COVID-19 cluster in Melbourne is being pointed to as an example.
0: With more infections discovered today, the Cedar Meats outbreak has now left to 49 people being infected. This was Daniel Andrews' Ruby Princess episode.
1: I spoke with Tim Kennedy, who's the National Secretary for the United Workers' Union, and that's the union that represents workers in the hospitality industry and also workers in abattoirs. And his view is that a lack of sick paid leave in the casualised workforce could exacerbate the health crisis. Those workers kept turning up because they were casual and they had no choice. That cluster is a result of not having paid sick leave. The United Workers' Union, they've been calling for staff to receive paid safety training um, before they return to work and that paid sick leave needs to be provided to workers. Whatever, Unless there's paid sick leave, uh, people will, under pressure, turn up to work uh, and the disease will spread and put themselves... you know, have to make a choice between economic need uh, and and the need to to maintain uh, their health and the health of patrons and other people who they work with. So while the easing of restrictions is exciting on one hand, it also comes with some complex economic and health risks. So what is it like in the Territory now? How's Tim at the Daily Waters pub going? Yes, yeah, so I spoke to Tim on Friday and about 10 to 15 locals had arrived to celebrate the reopening. He also said that in the past week they've seen three caravans drive past the pub, which after six weeks of seeing none at all was a pretty good sign. So, you know, 10 to 15 people, it's not a raging party, but everyone was pretty excited to have a beer again.
0: It was the best thing I've seen for a long time. Now the door's open, the music's playing out underneath the veranda, and there's a few guys, you know, sitting in there. And just to know that you can drive into Daly Waters and know you can get a beer, you know, we're abiding by all the, um, the rules. But it is very costly to city here being an open... And having your kitchen running and, but yeah, look, it still had not got that real jive, you know? Elle, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks. Sloan Crosley is known for her funny and acerbic personal essays. But her new memoir digs much deeper to examine the loss of her best friend. Join me, Michael Williams, as I chat with Sloane about Grief is for People. Find it wherever you listen. Also in the news, Australia recorded its 100th coronavirus death yesterday. The country has seen a total of 7,065 cases of the disease, though less than 700 of them are still active. There were eight new cases of COVID-19 recorded yesterday, six in Victoria and two in New South Wales. It's been revealed that more than $8 million in fines have been handed out to Victorians for reaching COVID-19 restrictions. A parliamentary inquiry has been told 5,604 fines have been issued and as yet none have been challenged in court. The state's Attorney General, Jill Hennessy, says Victoria Police have been reviewing how they issue fines and have withdrawn a number of them. Reporting on this episode was by Elle Marsh, in a position supported by the Judith Nielsen Institute for Journalism and Ideas. Additional recordings by Jeremy Conlan in Alice Springs and Ellie Zola in Darwin. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.